0: Turn my mic up, you? take there. yeah, yeah, uh, on the road to the riches, life takes a toll like bridges, good friends will come foes and snitches, better watch you nose in your business. All right, Hustle Fam, Hustle Fam, we are back with another amazing episode. Yo, I am extremely, extremely excited today, man. Listen, I was randomly on vacation in sunny Florida. And guess who I ran into? My brother Brock Phillips. Oh yeah. What's going on, man? Hey, man. Listen, bro, you know we've been trying to connect for a little bit, right? Yeah, right, little man. And um, you know, unfortunately, we both have different things going on. We haven't been able to connect, but yo, God, you know, God, God made this happen, man. Right. We were in the same place, same time. We put it together. Um, yo, bro, it's so good to finally get you on truck and hustle, man. I appreciate the opportunity,
1: man. Absolutely. For
0: sure, for sure. So, so for y'all who don't know my brother Brock, who, who don't follow Brock on social media, um, don't know about the interstate hustlers, <laughs> see, the, see the chain, uh, don't know about Phillips Transportation, mm-hmm. don't know about this young brother, 28 years old. Mm-hmm. You've been in business for how long? I'm going on six years. Going on six years. So that means that you started your trucking company when you were 22. Uh, yep. 22 years old. Been in um, trucking I, I, since 20. Since 20. How mm-hmm. many trucks do you have now? Six. Six trucks. Bro, you you had and, and and you're always dropping jewelry, right. always giving up game. Mm-hmm. Um, I love what you're doing. First of all, congratulations on all your success. Um, everything it's, it's really dope to see a young brother like yourself just flourishing in this game, man. And and I'm really excited to talk to you. you, get to kind of pick your brain, and I think you're gonna bring a lot of value to the audience today, bro. Absolutely. All right. So so let's get into it. Let's let's start from the very beginning, man. Like mm-hmm. let, let's talk about it. Tell me about coming up. Mm-hmm. Let, let, let's hear your story, bro.
1: So basically, um, you know, how I got started, you know, I was going through life, man. I was doing a bunch of sales jobs, you know, while I was in high school. You know, I remember um, on my my senior year, I would go to school in my Verizon shirt. I used to sell cable. So I would get off at a half half a day dismissal and go knock on doors selling cable. You know what I mean? So I was just trying to find myself, you know, I kind of learned at an earlier age that I didn't want to do the whole degree thing and things like that, especially after having like Sales jobs. I worked with a lot of people that had degrees, but they were, you know, selling cars and knocking on doors with me as well. So I say, you know what, man, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta find something, you know, that I can do well in without that degree. So um my one thing my dad instilled in me at a young age was he said, hey, you don't gotta have that degree. Just get you a skill. You know what I mean? If you get you a skill, it'll pay you for the rest of your life without actually having to go to school and take all of that debt. You know. Um, so once he once he told me about that, I, it stuck with me. So fast forward a little bit. Um, I was working at a, an admissions job where, you know, you come in, you get your cars tested, things like that. I was doing that for a little bit. And one thing that the sales background helped me with was I'm not afraid to was never afraid of shot and walk up to anybody and just strike a random conversation with you. So as I got out of high school and I was trying to find myself. I was working at a mission's job, and any brother you know that came through, you know, just anybody that looked successful, I, I never had a problem. You know, just ask them, hey man, what do you do? You know, and majority of the people that I spoke to were truck drivers, mm. truck owners. You know, business just in trucking. Period. I remember I met one guy; he didn't even drive. He just rent his dump trucks out. Okay. You know, so I met so many people who was able to network. You know, from that one little job, you know, getting business cards. Hey, when you get your CDL, give me a call. So, you know, once I was working there and and I just say, you know what, I'm young. Why not give it a shot? I enjoy driving, you know, so left that job and actually ended up going to a school called um, Allstate in Baltimore. Okay. Went there. I was about 20 years old. Um, So I was fortunate enough to start my CDL journey. Another blessing part about it was while I was going to school for CDL, I ended up working this warehouse job where I was a parts delivery driver and I was able to grow from that and actually become one of their overnight drivers driving their box truck. So so the beauty of that was it kind of helped me kind of, you know, get into trucking without the CDL. You know what I mean? So I would do that job going up to Pittsburgh every night. Cause the biggest thing I always tell people that um you know that reach out to me asking for information is if you new to trucking, if you've never been in trucking. It's very important that you learn your body. You got to learn because trucking is, is very different. It's not like a regular job. You know what I mean? You t- you're out late turning up, you know what I mean? And think you're going to come into work and do a 12, 14 hour shift behind that wheel can be very dangerous. Right. So I always recommend to people that's never had a driving job, it's important to learn your body when you get out here. Not watching that clock, but actually just learning your body to know when it's time to shut the truck down.
0: That circadian circadian rhythm, I think they call it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah.
1: I was doing that um, while I was in school, I was working at uh, that job, which was, was really great. You know, at the time I didn't have a CDL, but I was already making CDL money. Okay. You know what I mean? So that was a blessing for sure. And it was funny because. And what was it? How much? How much
0: were you making? Fifty thousand. They paid me fifty okay. grand. Okay. So you know, you're do, you're doing that part time? You said you. I was you, doing you, that full time. That was my full time job. So you. But this. you started in the in the in the warehouse, and then you transitioned yep. into driving so the box truck. So
1: I, I was always driving, but I would do like a little route because it was a parts, a, a body parts delivery company. So they okay. sell hoods, fenders, things like that. So I was one of their route drivers at first, and I noticed they had this big yellow straight truck out in the parking lot. I would always see the guy. That would drive it. So I would ask him, he would come in as I'm getting off because he worked at night. So I would ask him, I say, hey, man, where where are you in the, where do you go? He said, oh, I go to go to Pittsburgh every night. But I'm about to give it up, though. You know, I'm kind of tired of doing it. So we got to talk a little bit, told me about how much you pay and things like that. Because one thing, as we know in trucking, you know, from the company driver aspect, you know, one of the ways of how you make your money is with the overtime. Right. Because the job didn't pay much. It was about $15 an hour. But that fifteen dollars an hour easily turned into fifty thousand because of the overtime that you were getting guaranteed every night going up to Pittsburgh and back.
0: Gotcha.
1: Yep. So gotcha. I did that. For, so once I did that for a little bit, which it really gave me that that knowledge and it gave me you know a lot of information as far as while I was driving that box truck, I was also getting my CDL. Okay. So I got to learn my body while I was out there. You know, I remember there was one time, a few times actually, I had to pull over. You know, didn't get too much sleep the night before. I say, you know what? I remember one time, because those, uh, we by me, I would do the transfers. That's why they had that box truck, go up to Philly, to the, I'm sorry, to Pittsburgh, to the other location. Okay. And do the transfers, pick up the transfers, bring them back to Maryland. So one night, I remember I was, I was real tired, man. And I didn't just say, you know what? Safety above all. Pulled the truck over. I ended up getting back so late, they was waiting on me as I pulled up. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that that's that was the biggest thing that I had to learn was just your learning body. my body. Oh
0: yeah. Gotcha. Absolutely. You, you said you said your father, uh, he said learn a skill, you know, that'll mm-hmm. feed you for the rest of your life. Was was he an entrepreneur as well, or did he work a, a normal job? Uh
1: he worked a normal job, just kind of climbed his way up. Okay. You know, so maybe just, you know. Some of you know. Sometimes you know some of some of the mistakes or some of the things you you don't do. Sometimes you instill in someone else. Mm. You know, so I feel like that's that's where a little bit of that 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 jewel drop. You know, gotcha. From that. Gotcha. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because you know, like you said, just just as skill, you know, find a trade. You know, so many trades that you can do, and I was fortunate enough to take that one job that was literally surrounded by truck drivers that's why i would always end up talking to them right and just learning about the trucking industry because it's crazy because you know it's we're us regular people driving down the road we see trucks going down the highway all day but you know you really sometimes you know if you don't have that right person to kind of tell you
0: how do you how do you get into it you know you'll never find out sometimes right for sure and you prior know. to this no no never a thought of really getting into the industry or nothing like that just right. kind of, just getting it fresh, and you learn by being in this building, and you just learn around from other people. Exactly. Okay, so so tell me, continue the story. So you you start doing this job, you're making mm-hmm. fifty thousand a, uh, dollars a year, mm-hmm. uh, doing these transfers back and forth. What happens right. after that? So once I
1: um, end up getting my CDL, um, at that time it was funny. I remember when I was in truck trucking school, they would always point me out. They would say. How old are you? <laughs> right. You know, because they see how young I look. Right. You know what I mean. Right. How old are you? Because I was only twenty at the time. Okay. So I would always tell them I'm twenty. However, I'll be twenty one by the time I graduate because right. you know you can get your CDL at twenty. It's just you can't go out of state. Correct. You know what I mean. So right. that was always a uh, that was always funny. But um, once I end up getting it, um, you know, I had the decision to make: do I continue this fifty thousand dollar a year job or do I leave it? You know, and and go on and and find something else. And one thing that stuck with me even still to this day is I never that got to the point where I was complacent, never got to the point where I was afraid to change. You know what I mean? That's what allowed me to, I feel like, get to where I am now. So once I got my CDL, I ended up leaving that uh, that street truck company and I worked for another company. Um, didn't, never really went over the road while I was a company driver. Um, just ended up taking a different route because the nice thing about the DMV area it's a lot of local opportunities okay you know that's that's the beauty of it i realized you know within the all of these states everybody is not fortunate enough to have a a lot of local op- uh, opportunities that they can you know use to their benefit but um we definitely did so i found out about a food service delivery company that i started doing and uh <laughs> safe to say it uh <laughs> it didn't work out okay, okay. <laughs> you know the the food service industry you know because it's safe to say with the food service industry, you spend way more time in the back of the trailer than driving.
0: Mm, that's a you fact. You know what
1: I mean? That's a fact. You, so now, now, now you humping freight. You humping freight. You know, way, I remember it was, it, it was, it was so crazy. I, I'll never forget. Um, I had a story where I almost uh, had, a, had, a, had a boo-boo <laughs> where um, <laughs> I was out there um, delivering to a restaurant. You know, I'm a rookie at the time. Because right. that job, it was more so there to teach me how to unload the freight in a timely manner not teach me how to become a better professional driver okay so as i was doing it and i was realizing that you know one of the things that led up to that was i was coming around a restaurant one night and um i never forget i was trying to line the trailer up right sometimes you just look at the trailer tires and the curb try to line it up real perfect right so that way you don't got to back up right by the grace of god i was still with my uh trainer he was in the passenger seat he was asleep now he was (laughs) He was asleep. Yeah. But by the grace of God, man, he it's like he woke up. He knew that I wasn't, you know, as they say in trucking school, aiming out high enough. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Aiming he, high and staring. Right. Yeah. He knew I wasn't doing that. So he woke up and said, stop the truck. I said, stop the truck. stop the truck. So we what are you talking about? He said, what are you doing? Look up. You about to clip the top of the restaurant. Man. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't even see that. Right. Those you mornings. Yeah. Yeah. So that that example right there alone is why it is important to, you know, if you're starting from that company driver phase, you know, looking to get in and why it's so important to make sure that you get with a company that's going to train you. You know what I mean? Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's your license. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, a lot of people got to understand that, you know, it affects the company, but it also affects you. And, you know, nowadays with safety and everything going on, there's so many different ways of how to keep track of of your driving records you don't just have one driving record you have several sure. you know what I'm saying so I was doing that and then I um I said you know what man I remember I was sitting in the car with my mom well I was I was on the phone with my mom and I was telling I said uh mom this ain't working out <laughs> this ain't working out Ma. And one thing you know about mom man you know or anybody that's in your life you know that's that's real close to you when, 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 when she when she tell you you know sometimes you know you just it's like you get you get the green light from them you know can i go should i go ahead and quit mm. you know what i'm saying you know if it's not working out go ahead you know i got you right you know what i'm saying so right. i said you know what let me go ahead and uh and leave this you know what i'm saying i just knew it wasn't wasn't working out on uh, and um so i left that job how long were you there ah oh, man maybe a month <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay okay maybe a you. solid and, you, and you're what
1: 21 at the time right? 21 okay yep all right you're still 21 so i end up leaving that job and um my next job where i pretty much spent all of my uh, career company driver wise was uh, fedex so it was with fedex ground a lot of people if you don't know how fedex work you know they got a bunch of different divisions fedex ground on the trucking side hires all independent uh contractors so even though I was, you know, working for FedEx, I was technically working for him. Yeah, an uh-huh. independent contractor. So it was kind of fortunate enough, he ended up uh, being able to get me in, even though I didn't quite have enough experience, he was able to get me in. And um, that was really where my training and skills just took off because he spent that extra time with me, as far as, you know, me perfecting my craft and driving and things like that. Okay. So, um, you know, I did that for a, well, maybe about a solid year um, when I was just working for him. And you know one thing about it you know sometimes that you don't understand you know it's so important how you got to crawl before you can walk you know so i remember when i was doing that opportunity the pay wasn't very high right you know just like how trucking works you know for the most part you go over the road things like that you know you got to crawl before you can walk you know you're not always going to see top dollar right in the beginning right you know what i mean so I, yeah, I remember we had that conversation as far as pay you know what i'm saying i would tell him said look you know i'm doing a good job you know what i'm saying and um, you know, as that was going on, I said, you know what? I ended up switching contractors, so I was still under FedEx, but just with another right, another yeah, carrier. I was, right, yeah, okay. I was pulling doubles at the time. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, so pulling doubles. Yeah, how was doubles? that? Ah, uh, it was nice. Yeah, um, it was definitely nice because it's one thing about doubles is uh, very physical. You know, it's not like a typical drop and hook. Yeah, you're, you're hauling two trailers. It's a whole it, process to even hook those trailers, exactly, man. and in between those two trailers is the dolly and what you have to do with the dolly see the key to doing doubles is you want to use the truck as much as possible without having to push that dolly back and forth because obviously it's a very heavy dolly so it was it was good I got I love the enjoyment of it and then, um it just so happened that the contract I was working for probably had the toughest route so many dropping hooks you talk about anywhere from six seven dropping hooks a night mm. yeah, yeah a lot of running okay oh yeah yeah and I remember I had a, Crazy story where um at the time I had uh went into a residential neighborhood and uh, unfortunately it worked out for me. Otherwise, you might have been able to Google me. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, happened? I ended up going to a residential neighborhood, man, and um didn't realize I couldn't make one of the turns. And as I went around the turn, you know, that was when I noticed, you know, oh, it's this, uh, this, you know, I was What's in that scene. It? I knew I messed up because... I could look out my passenger window and see my rear trailer right so if i can see my rear trailer where is the first trailer right <laughs> right right 100 right. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. so i saw that uh that trailer lift off the ground and um you know it was, it was just like oh snap right and uh so my first instant was okay well let me go ahead and back up a little bit so it can go back down to the ground so i did that and obviously i i knew i hopped out i hopped out the truck and i'm just like man only way I'm going to get out of this is if I drop all of these trailers and hook back up on, right, this, right, right. on this road. Yeah. Oh, man, As you course. had to do. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, you know, so I, uh, you know, unhooked everything, man, drove everything up the road, and, and pretty much just got out of there. So okay. that was that was my first. You made it happen, though. Yeah. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? It could have been a lot worse. Yeah, it definitely could have. You yeah. would have been able to Google my name. For sure, for sure, for sure. Would have been in some trucking
0: memes. No doubt, no
1: doubt. Oh, yeah. All yeah. right, yeah. So,
0: so what happens after that? Talk to me.
1: Um, so after that, you know, I ended up deciding to switch. Uh, switch contractors still on the FedEx. You know, and and one thing about you know, getting into entrepreneurship, sometimes it can be a little easier for people when you're surrounded by other entrepreneurs. You know what That's I mean? A good point. So as I was working at FedEx, I worked with a lot of other contractors where they drove their own truck. You know, even though they owned the route, things like that, they didn't have a driver and they actually drove their own truck. So right. that was a lot of. Uh, inspiration for me you know as well as you know me having that sales background you know just being a people person and just able to walk up to anybody and just try to strike a conversation so i end up building a lot of relationships right they saw my drive they saw you know all of the things i wanted to accomplish and um they would give me information and just tell me how everything worked you know and um as time went on and i switched contractors and things like that you know just of course gaining more experience things like that i had told myself you know you know what well since i'm doing fedex Maybe I should just get a contract, try to get a contract with FedEx. So as I got closer to purchasing my first truck, I said, well, one of the guidelines with FedEx is you got to have a white truck. So that was one reason why I actually went out and purchased a white truck. Okay. You know, still working the FedEx job, just thinking, okay, I got my white truck. Let me see if I can, you know, talk to the right people to get my foot in the door. But it's just a blessing sometimes, you know, you know, sometimes you think something when, when in life, you know, something doesn't work out. You don't even realize at that time you know that there's a bigger blessing for you right. you know what i mean because right. i remember i had uh guys that would tell me you know fedex isn't all of that man you know it's just not everything that you think it would be but of course you know not having a lot of knowledge i'm just thinking you know what do you mean i own a truck you know with fedex i'm gonna make a lot of money right well there's so many other variables to it what route you get that's a big one you know if you're gonna get a, a high volume route i was fortunately Working with a contractor who had a very high volume route because it was a lot of miles, you know what I mean. So, as I purchased that first truck and I wanted it to be white, and um, end up grabbing it, you know, it got to the point where I said, you know what, it, it I didn't I didn't find no success actually getting a contract with FedEx. Okay. So that was once I uh, once I decided to go ahead and branch off into getting my own. Um, Finding another company to work with. Okay. But during that process, I hit a bump in the road. So
0: hold on real fast. So you you never ran for FedEx? No, never ran so for FedEx. So what what happened? What what stopped you? Why weren't you able to get accepted?
1: Uh because sometimes only way to get in is through either buying your way in mm-hmm. or getting in through new new uh new route opportunities. But okay. a lot of times it can be hard because those new route opportunities most of the time
0: get sought out by people that are already you don't know, have contracts. Gotcha. So in order to buy your way in, what, what what would you be looking like if just if you had to guess? What would it cost uh, you mean, at that uh, time to buy your way in the, to uh, the d-
1: Depending. I mean, if you're just, you know, obviously, if you're just buying just w- someone with one, one route, route. Yeah. you know, on truck, and I've heard numbers going for 50000 all the way up to about
0: 100000 So you're buying from another person another who owns a route. Contract. You're not buying directly from FedEx. Exactly. So yeah, all right. the routes are already allocated and you have to work within that network to buy your own route from exactly. somebody else. Okay. Right. So you figure the package on the package delivery side, they work the same way with
1: FedEx Ground. They have routes and things like that. You okay. know, they get paid a lot of times by the packages as the package counts okay. and things like that. So, um, you know, it, it, it definitely can be a, a great opportunity, you know. Um, But unfortunately, you know, at that time, it was, it was a little discouraging because I'm just like, man, you know, obviously, you know, when you're in a field, you know, you want to kind of stick to your niche. You know, I was like, I, I do doubles. I like doubles. I enjoy it. Why not grab a truck, get my own contract and do it myself? Right. So with um with that not working out, I kind of hit a bump in the road due to while I was at FedEx, um, I was driving on my birthday night. One of the biggest things that happened that almost ended my career. So by me running at nighttime, I didn't realize that um I've never went through a weigh station, but it was my birthday night. I was out there on a Sunday night. I think it was during peak season. Right. Trying to make some Hold more on. You, money. Hold on. You in
0: Maryland, you never went to a, a, through a waste station before, man? Because I operate at night. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So you guys are Most of
1: the time, yeah. At night. All right. Because I was going to say, nothing but yeah, waste yeah, station. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, <laughs> operate. <laughs> what you all known for it. Right. But, you know, operating in that night, you know, you don't, they're all closed. Gotcha. So I wasn't paying attention to it. So keeping my, you know, as a rookie. So um, that night, it just so happened to be one that was open on 83. Okay. Didn't see that it was open. I went past it. As I went past it, I knew something was wrong. Cause once I went past it, I kind of noticed the lights that was flashing, and I seen DOT running to his truck. I said, "Oh man, He's like,
0: this it's,
1: can't be good." It's on, right? Can't be good. So um, I said, "All right, well, you know, still still a rookie at the time, real nervous. You know, you think, man, you get pulled over in your car, and I'm getting pulled over and track the tractor trailer. Right? You know what I'm saying? Um, so I began looking for a place to pull over. There was no shoulder. So what I did was, which at the time I thought was the best thing to do, I pulled over in the far right exit lane of the way station and stopped right there. Once DOT came up to the truck, obviously he told me what I did, way station, I passed it, I, right. which I didn't see that it was open. Right. But long story short, he ended up citing me for reckless driving. And you know, for people who don't know, reckless driving is one of the worst things that you can when you know you got to think the way these companies work you know they're judging you by your driver record they don't know you personally so you know it's important to make sure you take care of that you know what i'm saying because you could be the most perfect driver you know what i mean but according to your driver record they would never know because it doesn't look like it so he ended up trying to charge him with reckless driving for trying to do the right thing and pull over you know how many times have we Go down the road and we see people stop in their car in the middle of the road, you know, because the police lights flash. Right. You know, they they're not getting charged with Right. One hundred percent. They're doing the right thing by pulling over. However, I'm sure that the officer is just letting them know, you know, next time pull safely off the road. You know, you see that I'm a rookie driver, but you know, that was just definitely uh, a um something that was 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 could have been detrimental to my CDL and it did affect me because even though I didn't get charged with it while I did get that that ticket that went on what's called my PSP. Yep. Your PSP report. So as I got my truck and I began looking for companies to lease on to, that showed up. Right. So it really hindered me, you know what I mean, when people immediately when reckless driving, yeah. tract the trailer, we don't want a that's like right next to a DUI. Man. Yeah. Exactly, you know? not realizing the situation, right. knowing, you know, I wasn't driving recklessly. I just Pulled over in the far right exit lane because right. that wasn't a, a side, you know, a, a completely off the road. He tried to hit me with like that. Like you said, when they run that PSP, they don't see this whole right. story. They just see reckless driving. Exactly. So that's why it's so important to also make sure, you know, any traffic violations, even if you know you're at fault, taking it to court. Because um in PA, I end up taking that to court, of course. And when I got to court in, in Pennsylvania, they don't have what's called a PBJ. Probation before judgment. You guilty or you're not guilty? (laughs) Right, 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 right. (laughs) So, but fortunately at the time, you know, when I explained my situation, I went by myself, didn't have a lawyer or anything, just explained the situation, you know, to the officer as well as the judge. And because the officer was present, um, the very last second before the judge ruled, the officer decided to drop it down to a parking ticket. Okay. However, by them dropping it down to a parking ticket, it still affected me because... It was still on my PSP. Right. And when I went to go to try to do what's called a data cue to get it off the PSP, they wouldn't do it because I guess because it was dropped down to a parking ticket. So I never got it off my record. Mm. So I had to. I was dealing with that while owning my own truck. So I was getting turned down by a lot of these companies. Right. There's one thing I always say about trucking is great because you're gonna always have a job, right? You're always gonna always gonna be good. You are always gonna have income coming in. But where the challenge comes in with trucking is it's a million different opportunities. Think about it. By there being so much opportunities out here, why would there be drivers looking for jobs? If everybody was paying top dollar, let's say six figures and up, nobody wouldn't be able to find a driver. Why do people change jobs? Better opportunities. So that's one thing I always say about trucking, you know. And as I was going on, you know, dealing with that, just trying to find different opportunities, some of those good opportunities. That I knew about from other people, I couldn't get because of that record. Because of that driving.
0: record. So at this point, you still have your one truck.
1: See, I'm on one truck, but I'm still driving for FedEx. But you're FedEx still driving for FedEx as well. I'm still
0: looking for a company. What are you, so your truck is just sitting.
1: Truck is just sitting.
0: How long was it sitting?
1: Mm, at least probably over a month, probably.
0: Okay. So in, in in your head at that time, you which companies are you looking who are you reaching out to
1: trying to get work? I'm um, reaching out I was really trying to do a lot of stay local still and do container work. Okay. So I was reaching out to a lot of container companies that I knew of. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, it, it was all of them, it was pretty much just the same. I ended up not being able to find the first company until it was, you know, just a a small mom and pop company off Craigslist. Okay. You know, but um And you don't have a trailer
0: at this time either. No, right? no trailer. Okay, yeah, no Got trailer.
1: You. And um the biggest thing I remember was, you know, at the time when I took my first owner operator job, I knew it wasn't going to last long. The reason why I knew it wasn't going to last long is because they offered a salary as an owner operator. Mm. And that's one thing that, yeah, that's, you that's, know, that's, a no-no. that's that's, you know, I've never even heard of, a,
0: <laughs> you know, company crazy. drivers
1: get salaries. Right. Not as an owner operator. So they offered me two thousand dollars a week yeah. as an owner operator. And they paid for my fuel. Well, where do they pay for your fuel as an owner operator? That's crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. Like a two hundred dollar allowance a day. They pay for your fuel. That was my first gig. And, you know, at the time, even though I didn't have experience in trucking, you know, still was simple numbers. Well, okay, if I'm making about fourteen, fifteen hundred right now working working my, my FedEx job, how in the world am I gonna survive making only another five hundred dollars more right. when I have a fifteen hundred dollar truck note and a six hundred dollar loan that I took out to start my company. Right. You know what I mean? So I knew that it wasn't gonna work out long. But however, I took the opportunity Really, just to kind of go ahead and start get my foot out the door. Go ahead and start running the truck. And you didn't have much of an option at yeah, that time. Yeah, didn't have much of an option at all at that time. And it was crazy because I've never went long distance I, to that date. I never went over the road. But once I purchased my first truck and got with that company, I was Michigan, <laughs> Indiana. Okay, you know what I mean. And unfortunately, you know the truck truck did real well. You know I just purchased it. It was running real good, so it didn't have any more uh, any more issues. But what'd you purchase? Uh, it was a 2012 Kenworth T660. Okay. okay. Yep, with a Cummins engine. Gotcha. Yep, nice. Got it from uh, Truck Enterprises up there in Hagerstown. Okay, yeah, cool. But the the thing about that, too, where um when I bought my first truck, you know, the biggest thing, you know, nowadays, the great thing about, you know, so many resources we have that we necessarily didn't have back in 20, 2016, it's so important to educate yourself, you know, before you get into anything. That was one thing I didn't do because one of the first... L's that you would say that I took in trucking with buying my own truck was I took way too much of my capital to purchase my first truck. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, you know, they always, you know, biggest thing sometimes that can be challenging as we're going throughout our lives, trying to save money to start a business. I'm big on, you know, credit and using other people's money. You know what I mean? To provide for your, for your dreams and your lifestyle. You know what I mean? I It's a saying, you know, there's good debt and bad debt. You know what's bad debt? Purchasing things like a car, high-end note, things like that. But then, of course, you have good debt, things like taking out a loan that's going to start a business. So now, yeah, you're paying interest, but however, your business is making money, so you're able to use the bank's money. Right. You know what I mean? So I took out a $25,000 loan. People ask me all the time. That's what started my company, a company called Avant. Uh, gave me $25,000. So keep in mind, I was only 21 at the time. Okay. You know, felt like I, I signed a, a record deal, <laughs> hit the lottery. Right. I, I remember the first person I called, I called my buddy Mike. You know what I mean? I said, Mike, man, it's $25,000. I got approved for it. I saw the email come through. Yeah. But of course, you never believe it till you see the money in the end. Right. You know what right, I mean? you right. on the phone. <laughs> I don't okay. believe it when I see and the what's money. the
0: interest rate on this loan?
1: Uh, it was actually uh, pretty good. It wasn't bad. I can't remember the exact numbers, but I know it was... Probably someone maybe around ten.
0: That's like crazy. That. Yeah. So I mean, where'd you find these people?
1: Um, they, I can't remember how I found them or if they reached out to me, but it was crazy how it worked because when was they this truck specific? Me, no, oh, just oh, this is just a, a, comp- a regular business loan. Personal, personal loan. loan, okay. Personal loan. Right. Yeah, this is a personal loan. Yep. So um, you know, they had reached out to me a few times, and at the time, like I remember one time when they reached out to me, they would always ask me, "How much are you making?" Right. So, of course, I'm thinking, you know, got my chest out a little bit. Right. So, uh, you know, I'm doing maybe about 2000 a week, you know. <laughs> oh, you know, it did uh, what what, uh, what had to put me back in my home place was they said, well, we verify your bank, you know, with your pay stubs. Mm-hmm. I said, well, I, <laughs> I have had a little bit of time off. <laughs> <Let> me, Recently. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me call you back about two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You doubt. know what I mean? Since they got going to look at the last two most recent direct deposits yeah Yeah. exactly so um some time went by I think they just reached out to me again and it was crazy because at that time you know everything happens for a reason because I know I wouldn't have probably started a trucking company at that time I know I wasn't really thinking about it you know what I mean and um as time went on and I finally ended up reaching back out to me and I was you know pay, pay was up at the time so I went through the process they verified my pay stubs Approved me for the 25000 Money was in my account the following business day. You know, I was just like, wow. So one of the biggest mistakes I made with that twenty-five dollars by not educating myself and just being in a rush. Sometimes I can be a, a rushful person. I went out there and took over half of that money to buy a truck. Mm. Not realizing I could have went through programs like Lone Mountain, get a truck, three $4,000 down. Other companies I do business with, accelerate, leasing, no credit check three four thousand dollars down you know what I mean so many other opportunities out there that I could have went with but I chose to go with that particular truck to the point where I was you know I wanted that truck so much I didn't even realize what I was doing at the time by exhausting all of that money all of my capital the biggest thing I always tell people is you know you know everybody's situation is different you know what I mean if you obviously if you have money you come from money and you want to cash out on your truck You know, obviously, if that's not going to hurt the bank, go for it. But for the average person that's trying to save money, you know what I mean, and things like that, I always recommend, you know, save as much capital as you can because you're going to need it. Right. Because the biggest thing about trucking that a lot of people have to understand is, and I always use this analogy, you know your body, we know our body, you know you're going to put the work in if you purchase a truck, right? But what you don't know is you don't know the reliability of that truck. So think about it, if I know I, I got the hustle, obviously if I can work a nine to five, drop someone else's truck and work my butt off working with that company, if I get my own truck, of course I'm gonna put in you know just as much effort as I did for another person. Right. But what you don't know is the reliability of the truck because at the end of the day, one thing about trucking, we're relying on the fate of that engine to determine our future. Mm. You know what I mean? You gotta really Wars. think about that. You gotta really think <laughs> no about doubt. that. It's no it's, it's unlike trucking. Is unlike any other business. You know what I'm saying? Right. If I want to start a, a detailing company, you know what I'm saying? This that's just you know my my pure hustle. I gotta put the work in. Right. It's not much many obstacles I might could face. You know, maybe my machine goes down things like that but trucking is unlike any
0: other business and there's no way to determine or foreshadow or project when that engine will go out on right of course you know you can (laughs) you you know there's a lot of things that you can do you know
1: buying a truck from a reputable dealer you know what i mean having a mechanic you know so many things you can do to you know to, to try to prevent that but at the end of the day when you're purchasing a lot of people they they get upset sometimes when they purchase a truck from one particular company and let's say the truck goes down. You know, sometimes to some degree that falls on the dealership. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to remember, hey, I'm purchasing a used truck. This is still a, a risk. You know, a, a trucks always are going to look good sitting on a lot. Right. The You know, the owners, you know, the, the, the salesman, they know they got to have the truck show ready, make it look good. But I always say all the time, you can test drive it, you can look at it, it runs fine. But sometimes you really don't know what's going on with that truck until you put a load behind your back.
0: That's a fact. And actually,
1: you know, taking 40, 44,000 pounds up the road and seeing how it's performing. Yeah. You know, which I actually know of a company where they actually, um, they actually do that. I believe they're called a truck mart up in near Pennsylvania where they actually have a trail. I don't know if they still do it. But I remember I pulled up to their lot and they okay. actually have a trailer there that has freight in it or some, some, weight, some kind of some freight, freight some on weight it. on it right. to pull the load, which okay. is, is is really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I sure. mean? For sure. So, you know, that that was the, the biggest thing, you know, at the time. You know, just I took my first, that was one of my first L's in the game, you know, as an owner-operator, putting exhaust on way too much of my capital. Early. You know, early in the game, because you gotta think. You know, sometimes your first time buying a truck. It can go down on you within that first week. Right. But you still gotta factor in your personal bills, you know, by not getting a check. Because
0: as we all know how the saying goes, if those wheels aren't turning, you're not earning. You're not earning. That's a you know fact. What I'm saying? Let's go back to because uh, you dropped some jewels earlier about Lone Mountain and also mm-hmm. Accelerate. Talk about that. You said about three, 000, four thousand dollars. I'm, I'm sure people mm-hmm. heard that. Yeah, and, and they're gonna pick that up. So, tell, what's the process with working with those? With those? I know you have good relationships mm-hmm. with yeah. them, especially so, Accelerate, right?
1: Right. Accelerate. Yeah. Um. For sure. So with Lone Mountain, um, truck, they're a really good program. They're real big. Um, they run your credit, but they also factor in a lot of other things. I know with them, you don't gotta have. 100% perfect credit or anything like that. They also are more interested in, you know, your game plan. They're interested in your, your business, business plan, plan. Okay. what
0: you're looking to do, things like that. Um, do you have to present any any work, like any contracts, anything to them? No, or they just wanna know what you wanna yeah, do, they, idea? They, they, they may ask you who you're gonna
1: be working okay. with, who you're gonna be leased on and things like that, or whether you're gonna get your own authority. That definitely might come up. Um, and then you have Accelerate releasing. You know they're a really great program um i was fortunately able to pay off four trucks with accelerate leasing um over the few last few years and the beauty of them is they're 100 percent no credit check they don't look at your credit Mm. you get approved with them through other factors of your um, bank statements they pretty much want to see money in the bank they want to see that you can manage money things like that obviously they don't want to they don't care about seeing a whole bunch of money in the bank but they want to see that you have a good enough cushion in that bank you know what I mean? Um, you know, before getting approved for a truck with them. Okay. Oh yeah, But I, I love Acceler releasing simply because by it not going on your credit, you know, it doesn't affect certain things. You know, depending on where you are in your life, like purchasing a home, things like that. You don't have to worry about, you know, it showing up on your credit. So the, the actual lo- loan doesn't go on your credit? No, it doesn't go on your credit. If you want it to report to your business credit, you can let them know and they can right, do that. Right, to your paydex. Yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't show at all on your on your personal credit which was to me was oh, wow. Like, wow that's yeah. game changing right yeah
0: oh yeah yeah. that's interesting all right well this ain't a commercial for accelerate releasing but <laughs> you know you're welcome accelerate right. cuz i'm oh, sure you are going to get some calls back yeah shout out <laughs> shout out
1: to accelerate for sure we have uh, on my um on my instagram we yeah. did a live I have a video on there okay. it was like over over like an hour where okay. i was dropping dropping a little juice with accelerate releasing because you know obviously i wanted to they've been a blessing to me so i wanted to you know just let let everyone know about that because a lot of people always you know safe to say you know sometimes credit is definitely a for can, sure can hold a lot of people back they have the money just might not have the credit yeah so the nice thing about accelerate leasing is there are no credit and there are a few no credit check programs i've only done business with accelerate leasing but you also have lrm leasing they're they're actually based out of here out of florida where we're at okay so, yeah they, they have a location out here in florida and they're also a no credit check program
0: okay okay Yeah. dope all right so y'all got some jewels for free there how to (laughs) obtain your first truck anything else you want to put out there in terms of things that people should be looking for Uh, you just said don't dump all your money into the truck right don't Mm -hmm. put all your cash or your liquid into that truck anything else you want to add that people may want to think about in terms of when they're buying their first truck because i mean that's one of the first things that we do right Mm -hmm. as truck owners buy our first truck so anything else you want to put
1: um just also just deciding you know what route you're going to take as far as you know what company you're going to lease under with or if you're going to get your own authority um that plays a big part and that's really what's going to determine your success you know who who are you working for what kind of numbers are you generating because i compare the the trucking industry to the music industry for for the people who don't know is people always ask how do you start as an operator how do you find work well Look at it like the music industry. The reason why I compare it to the music industry is because there's two types of ways you can become an owner-operator, just like there's two types of ways to become a rapper. You're either independent, you know, got your own record label, as as you would call the music industry, and trucking, that's called having your own authority, right? You're independent. It's the same thing in a lot of cases. Everything's on you, you know what I mean? Everything's on you. Nobody's gonna hold your hand everything's on you. You got to set everything up. Right. You can have people run under, you know, people lease under your company. They're on opera. The same thing in the music industry. They're a rapper. They can work under your company. You sign them a deal. Right. Well, and then the other side to it and trucking, you know, it's called leased on. That's just like signing a record deal. You <laughs>
2: right.
1: see what I'm saying? Right. Because the beauty of it is signing, leasing on with a company, which is what I recommend to a lot of people, can be a good way to go in the beginning. Think about it. A lot of music artists they start out that way. Yeah. They sign on, they sign a deal, and later down the line they go independent. Right. Whether they buy out their rights, they they buy out their masters. It's the same thing pretty much in trucking, other than having to buy yourself out. You right, know what I mean? Right. I don't know no no deals where you gotta <laughs> buy your buy, buy it buy yourself out. But um, it's pretty much kind of the same way. The yeah. beauty of taking that least on route, the red carpet's already laid out for you because there's companies out there that'll provide you with everything. All you got to do is just get the truck. Right. Some companies even provide you with a driver if you're looking for one, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. They're going to provide you some of them with tags, you know, your, your, if the stickers, everything, the work, you know what I mean? So that's the that's the beauty of leasing on with a company. They're going to hold your hand through your owner-operator journey, you know what I mean? And from there, you can decide on whether or not, you know, do you want to take the independent route? Because a lot of people, you know, always will sometimes Kind of tell you, oh, you want to go independent, you want to go independent, well, there's a lot of people, you know, in trucking that's not independent, that's leased under a company and still making great money, Mm. you know what I'm saying? Same thing in the music industry. Why would people sign record deals? A lot of these people that's been in the game for years, you know what I mean? The OGs that's still under a label, they're still making money. Right. Same thing with trucking, you know what I mean? Of course, don't get me wrong, obviously it's a little harder with trucking, you know what I'm saying? When you're leasing on with a company, you know what I mean? Finding the right company that's gonna allow you to generate some good revenue and actually allow you to grow, you know what I mean? To scale up if you choose to do so. Buy more trucks and things like that, that's gonna they're gonna provide that. But it's just, you know, just a matter of whichever route you wanna take. But if you're new, getting in the game, you don't know too much, I always kinda recommend, monies can be a little, little maybe a little bit tighter. I always recommend that lease on route. And then later down the line, if you choose to do so, you can always go back, and start your own authority. Once you kind of learn the game, see how everything works. You tell yourself, you know what? I can cut the middleman out, and I think I can do pretty well. Right. You would look at then getting your own authority, which is kind of the route that um that I took when I first started. Obviously, I was leased on for a while. I actually went through about four companies. Okay. Leased on. Right. Never went over the road. Other than that, my first opportunity. The first that the two thousand dollars salary. $2, 000, salary job, yeah, right? that. So that two thousand dollar opportunity you know of course that didn't last long I knew right. I had to, one month yeah <laughs> around there we circling yeah. back today because oh, yeah. that's where Cause we started because I, I was still applying to other opportunities so I was fortunately able to find one that took me on with that reckless driving still on my PSP okay they put me on like a little probation thing okay you know what I mean so I end up taking that route you know what I mean and um just thought oh man I'm finally out of that 2000 salary I'm gonna be good now and It was a little better. It was a little better. But one of the things, too, you got to understand in trucking is buying the right equipment for the particular job that you're doing. Because at that time I was hauling containers, but I actually went out my second truck after I purchased my first truck. I bought my second truck about four or five months later. Okay. so I went out, purchased my second truck, which was brand new. I had a brand new truck hauling containers. Mm, you know what I mean? At that, that time, weight. you know, pulling the weight, and of course, you know, just making sure you purchase the right truck for what you're doing. It's a reason why you see container drivers hauling older trucks, right. paid-off trucks. Right. It's, it's money in it. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But yeah. when you factor in the other avenues of trucking, containers is oh, one of the things on the somewhat of the lower side. Right. Don't get me wrong, you still a lot of money in it. This all depends on who you're running for and things like that you have a lot of people that still do well with containers but um you know as i was working with some of these companies you know a lot of them you know just wasn't the best opportunities is the best way to put it and i just realized you know i know the i know the ogs was looking at me in the
0: port like man that guy's in that big
1: <laughs> <laughs> he has no idea the ports are crazy bro. yeah oh yeah the ports um, are crazy
0: did you have uh your own chassis or you had Nah, your... i didn't
1: have the own okay. chassis i was using theirs so i was yeah, the ports was, was definitely uh That's a whole hustle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. And then not to mention, you're trying to make your money around them closing at a certain time. Right. Things like Usually that. like eight to five,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And the,
1: the rail yards is the nice one. Because I know, in the, at least in Maryland, at that time, the rail yard was 24 7. Okay. Rates a little cheaper. Okay. But the beauty of it being 24 7, you can go in, in and out. Gotcha. The biggest thing, because everything's already on the chassis. Okay. reason why the ports are so long, because the boxes are not on the chassis. You know, they're still stacked up right, inside the port. Right. Everybody's waiting. You know what I mean? So I did that for a little bit. I actually went through about four container companies. Okay. Um, hauling containers. And then I the last one was really great. It was a great opportunity. Um, but I still just decided, you know what, man, I'm ready to just take that leap of faith. What were you doing, about two, three loads a day with the containers? Yeah, two, three, sometimes four, just depending on where you were going. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but yeah, around around two to four. Okay, and what kind of money were you making pulling containers? Uh, Containers, I was averaging anywhere from, realistically, 2,500 net to about 3,500 net. Okay. Yeah. So it was pretty like good. Like three
0: fifty a load, three hundred a load.
1: Yeah, a lot. of The biggest thing, you know, a lot of it is round trip. Right. So just depending on you know where you were going, we out, we didn't go out too far. So yeah, around around the three hundred range, okay. four hundred range. Okay. You know, you do two, three loads and get you about hundred dollars. Yeah. And of course, dispatch sometimes it sets you up with a real good day where you make a thousand, right? A little over a thousand, right? You know what I'm saying? You got some guys too that will do the longer stretches. They'll get their thousand, thousand plus by
0: going out further. Yeah, and just coming back. You know what I mean. I know some companies will have like a shuttle driver pull them. Yeah, and put them to the yard. Have, have them like stage a for you. Driver. Yep.
1: Right. That plays a big part. Oh yeah, yeah. They definitely did that. You know, so it was it was nice, but that was once I decided after that uh, that fourth that fourth company, I said, you know what, man, I'm just I'm just ready to go ahead and uh, become become independent. You know, okay. build my own customers. You know what I'm saying? I'm ready for it. And how? I, and at that time, I was already four trucks in. Four trucks. Four trucks. While I was still leased on.
0: Okay, so during this d- during this time of, of of with these four companies, mm-hmm. at what point did you get the second truck? After about five months, after I bought my first one. Okay, bought the second. so you so you hiring now? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. got you. Yep, got you. All right, all right, go ahead. I'm, I'm listening. Yes. So you have four trucks now. You 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 you're done with the containers. You're like, all right, enough of this. Right. So, but so you have four employees at this time too. Right.
1: Well, ab uh, three, three. I was driving. You're one. driving one. Right.
0: All right, cool. So yeah. you're ready to take the leap of faith? Yeah, ready talk, to take the leap of faith. Talk to me about the, the the grand old leap of faith, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> man, so how I did it was I transitioned myself. I didn't want to bring all of my drivers over because uh, you know starting something new, I had no idea how I was gonna run. You know, not to mention the capital needed to insure all of the trucks. Plus, not to mention some insurance companies won't even allow you to bring that many trucks right. as a new authority. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, I started with just myself. You know, um, I went back over the road, you know, just trying to find lanes and just build lanes after I went over the road. You know, I brought my second truck on. Uh, on, You know, we, we both were kind of running the road and things like that. And then what kind of woke me up was I just say, you know what, man, this is this is good. I'm enjoying trucking and things like that. But it's, you know, at that time it was probably around my, I want to say 2017, it was almost around my two-year mark, you know, just putting in grind and putting in so much work. And It just got to the point where I said, you know what, man? You know, I got to focus more on balance. I'm putting so much time in at work and not as much time in, you know, in my personal life. You know, sometimes one thing about trucking, if you don't find a way to balance everything, it can really just absorb your life. That's why you hear so, so sometimes some of the guys telling you, oh, you know, the truck stops, oh, my old lady left me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. So, right, right. um, so yeah, I just, I just told myself, Dad, and I said, you know what, man, I got to, see if I can maybe start studying this board, this low board a little more to try to figure out how I can, you know, do, you know, get home more. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. And I did it a little little bit, and then it got to the point where I would, you know, the biggest thing I always tell people is, you know, when you're getting into the owner operator, you want to try to focus on building a lane. Because some of the most shiny trucks you see going down the road, you know, obviously, you know, they're making money. They're all decked out and everything. Those guys aren't running all over the place they're running lanes they're running most most of them direct customer freight lanes you know what i mean so that's what i knew i had to focus on so at that time i said you know what let me try to figure out if i can get home every day that would be nice you know just like how i was doing containers let me try to see if i can figure this out so i began focusing on trying to get home every day you know the load board allows you to do things like post your truck things like that you can put in the notes column what you're looking for As well as searching for loads, you know, I would talk to certain brokers now. Now that I'm focusing on trying to get home every day, I'm talking to brokers and letting them know, you know, hey, you know, how often do you get this lane? Because one thing about the trucking industry, sometimes if you don't open your mouth and say what it is that you're trying to do, you know, you'll never sometimes you'll never you might not never get to that level or get to that level as faster. Right. Because you gotta think these brokers are talking to hundreds, you know, thousands of carriers. You know what I'm saying? If you don't actually let them know Hey, this is what i'm looking for hey this is what you know what i covered sometimes you'll miss out on opportunities right you know what i mean so i let them know that and opportunities came about i was doing different things the biggest struggle that i dealt with in the beginning of trying to run local it was um going over my hours
0: okay you know what i
1: mean doing certain lanes where it was just a long day you know one thing about trucking if you're not doing and hook you're doing live loads live unloads you know how time consuming that can be right you know what i mean so it got to the point where I eventually say, you know what, I gotta let this account go, let doing this account go because it's taking up too much of my time, the drivers' time, they're going over their hours. I remember I even did things like trying to have two drivers, you know, one deliver a backhaul, things like that. So right. I say, you know what, it's just not not working out as far as you know doing some of these lanes. But I stuck with it. You know, I let some of that stuff go and just continue to stuck with it, and um, eventually I got to the point where I am now. Where all of my trucks run local, mm. um, they all run within a two hundred mile radius, and um, I was able to just you know just build that up by studying that low board, because I do understand that not everybody is able to to run local. You know, just all just depends on you know your region where you live, freight and things like that. You know what I mean? And um, you know, just the beauty of it, you know, is just knowing that it's easier to find drivers. You know what I mean? Much, much, much easier because they're they're home every day, right? You know that's a lot. Of, a lot of guys, you know, nowadays they, that's what they, that's what they like. You know, yeah, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, so much easier to, to find drivers, um, as well as that less wear and tear on your equipment. You know what I mean? When it comes to your truck breaking down and things like that, oftentimes your truck's not too far away from home, right? You know what I mean? So you can take it right over to a shop, things like that. Um, you know, just just to. Just a peace of mind, really not knowing that I know where my trucks are. They're not going far at all. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of them, some days, they stay right in the state where they don't even leave out of Maryland, you know what I mean, and still generate, you know, a very good day. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That I've uh, developed, you know. Um, and a lot of that took place really just by just, just networking and just making sure that, you know, you kind of set yourself up and put yourself in position. So one of the things that I did was – how, you know, let's talk about how you actually build a local operation. We was, I was just about to say, you know what I'm so saying? Let, like, let, let, how, let's talk about it. How do you do it? Like, I've never, I've uh, never, never, never told anybody how do you actually do it. You know, I said I was going to save it for you for our interview. Okay, so, okay, so, the biggest, so the biggest thing with it, right, is how you make money local. This is how you make money local. How you do it is, so I'm going to compare an over-the-road truck and I'm going to compare a local truck. So let's say an over-the-road truck picks a load up. Let's say today, it was today. Today's Sunday. So let's say an over-the-road truck picks a load up today. He delivers it tomorrow somewhere. That one load pays him, let's say, just go to even them $1,000. Well, how you do that locally is you have to pick a load up that morning, deliver it straight through. Most of the time when you're dealing with local work, the rates are going to be between Four, five hundred, maybe all the way up to seven, eight hundred dollars. They're a little bit higher right now due to the spot market and everything being a little bit higher. But I'm talking about, you know, before we were going through all of this crisis and rates were just average, right? You know, five, six, seven, eight hundred dollar range. So you pick a load up, deliver that load straight through. Let's say that load pays you five hundred dollars, right? Once you get empty with that load, let's say that load goes a hundred miles, 120 miles, you then grab a backhaul to bring you back home or through the house for another $500, $600. Mm. So in comparison, that over-the-road truck is at his delivery. Let's say we're delivering to the same place. He's at his delivery dropping his load off for that $1,200. That next morning, I'm dropping my second load off for that five dollars or $600. So the difference in how we did it is I made my money doing two loads. See what I'm saying? versus that one guy making his money just doing one load. right? You know what I mean? And oftentimes how you do it is you're literally going from point A to B and then back to A. Mm. But how you gotta do it is you have to figure out, it's a lot of variables that go into it when you factor in getting live loaded, live unloaded, that's very time consuming. So right. one of the things that I built and and one of the things that you gotta remember that plays a big part is not going to big distribution centers. That's a no-no for a local operation, um, simply because it's gonna take too much of your time. When you're running local, you gotta remember you, you need to be in and out. And it's a lot of things that I've learned you know, throughout the years that um, just lets me know whether or not my truck is gonna be in and out. For example, first-come, 1st first serve facilities. We deal with a lot of first-come first-serve facilities right. compared to appointment time loads right you know compared to, we also don't do a lot of grocery loads where you're going to the big warehouses because you can't afford to sit on the door because some days where it doesn't work is you'll deliver that load that morning so so let's talk about the next day so after we did that 500 load Drop that load off straight through. We got the backhaul, let's say for $500. Right. So that both trucks are now the delivery to one over the road truck. He just did his $1,000 load. I did my two $500 loads that equal the same thing. Right. But once he gets empty now, what he then needs to do is repeat it again. He needs to run a straight through load and grab a backhaul coming back. But okay. some days how you can find yourself not being successful with running local is due to you're not able to get the straight through load off. And get the load coming back due to sitting at a delivery or receiver a shipper for too long. You know what I'm saying? Then not only that, you know, if the area that you live in, you know, doesn't have a lot of loads as well. So one thing you got to remember, and one thing I did was, you got to learn to build relationships with certain brokers that have late shippers. Mm. See what I'm saying? You right. got to learn how to build a relationship with brokers where they have late shippers, 24 hour shippers, shippers that ship till. Nine o'clock, seven o'clock, because on average, most brokers, you know, when you're when you're booking these loads, shipping out, shipping and receiving hours is normally always a time somewhere between eight and three. Right. Facility might not close till four or five. You know what I'm saying? But obviously they don't want to have trucks come in there and tell this. Oh, we're here till five. And you know, 455, they got five trucks showing <laughs> up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, 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 So, but the, the thing is, when you're dealing with these brokers and you're talking to them, you want to make a list of these late shippers because you're going to need the late shippers. Mm. You're going to need them because you got to think, obviously, eventually you will get held up at a delivery, Right. but, and let's say I got a straight through low right after that delivery and my backhaul is right after there. Well, if all of these facilities are eight to three. If I'm only dealing with facilities that operate from a time of around eight to three, seven to three, eight to four, it won't work some days. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It'll work days where you have a, a great day. You're able to keep moving. You're in and out of facility on average, maybe about an hour, hour and a half. But obviously, you know, it's, 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 it's a fact that you're going to hit a bad shipper or a receiver. That's going to take a little while. So if you don't have those relationships, and have the, you know, uh, a network base where you have late shippers and receivers that'll take you after that four and that five o'clock range. That's where it can be, become hard to do. Gotcha. So fortunately, after doing it for the last few years, I've built up a lot of repeat business to the point now where I use the load board primarily just to find backhauls. Gotcha. When my trucks do go out of state. You know what I mean? Um, And then there's other things that you can do as well. Sometimes, even if you don't get a straight through load off, because right now, you know, you can go up, go up one way, let's say about 100, 100 miles. You know, right now with the rates, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars, almost a thousand dollars and then come back for almost the same thing. You know what I mean? I have a truck right now that goes up for about $730 on about 175 miles. Okay. And then we're getting a thousand dollars coming back. Mm. You know, So even though that truck didn't do a straight through load, it's gonna deliver the next day. That still was a 17, almost $1,800 turn.
0: Got you. So, so how often uh,
1: weekly do you come back empty? Uh, nah, never, never really come back empty. Every now and then the times where I do come back empty is when I needed to get a truck back to maryland to do my local freight
0: okay so i mean because this this operation sounds dope but i'm trying Mm -hmm. to figure out how are you able to connect the dots to where like the the because when you you know timing is everything yeah oh yeah you know what i'm saying so it must have taken you a real a long time to really build this network to everybody is you know you're able to make Mm -hmm. all these appointment times and be able to come back because you only got 14 hours in a day
1: right a lot of it is repeat business. So we're doing a lot of the same loads every single day. Okay. That's what make it much easier and not a lot on me. Most okay. of the time we have loads that come back uh, to PA that we run on a regular basis, come out of PA. We have loads, that, a lot of my freight in Maryland stays primarily in Maryland. And then I have another lane that goes up to PA every day. Okay, And then I have a customer that I deal with right at that same facility where we get the backhauls from. So that let's say that PA driver isn't necessarily doing uh, a straight-through load after he gets empty. He's just grabbing a load and coming back home. But because the revenue is so high, $1,000 coming back and $700 going up, almost $1,800 in the one round, is why he doesn't necessarily need to do that straight-through load after he gets empty. Okay. You follow me? And then I have my, my other Maryland trucks. Sometimes that'll just stay right here in Maryland. I have this one account that I do. That's uh, it's kind of crazy. Um, just knowing how, when you put yourself in position, just knowing I used to drive 525 miles every night, it was only paid about 238 dollars, about 45 cent a mile. I have this one account that I do that goes less than a mile, and pays me 400 mm. dollars. I get three. Sometimes I get three of them in a day. Right. So you're talking about making 1,200 dollars, you know, within the matter of going, what total miles? Six miles. Right. You right. know what I mean? Mile there, mile back. You know what I mean? For each two miles each round. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um I have another account that I do um where it literally goes, my biggest account, we get it every single day. One truck, seven, eight loads every single day. Mm. You know what I mean? Every wow. single day, over 200, 200, $250,000 account that's home every single day. We drop a hook with everything. So on that one trailer, we have about a four- most of the time, four to five trailer pull, so the driver just constantly drops and hooks shipper in and receiver in, just going about two miles up the road. So you're talking about generating anywhere from fourteen to sixteen hundred dollars a day, just off that one local account. Right. Less maintenance on the truck. Drivers home every day. Drivers compensated, you know, real well for, you know, for for still being home every day, because you know a lot of times people. You know, TJ's own, sometimes you do got to go over the road to make a little more money. Right. You know, but the nice thing about the DMV area is a lot of uh, local opportunities where you don't have to necessarily go over the road to generate, you know, some good money.
0: What type of freight are you delivering? Just general, freight. general well, freight. This is all drive in. Okay.
1: Yep. Yeah, all drive in. I don't know. Um, and I'm, now you
0: have your own trailers as well. Right. On and trailers. How many in. trailers? Eight. Eight trailers. Eight trailers, eight and trailers and How many trucks now? Six. Six. Okay. Six, six trucks, trucks, eight trailers. Yep. Okay. So
1: one truck alone is using four of those trailers okay. sometimes maybe five okay yeah yeah one truck alone is using four or five because he's dropping and hooking so he's he's has one you know two trailers at one facility maybe another two or three trailers at the other facility
0: right 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 yeah i think just just listening to you man and, and you mentioned this the key to what you've done is just really building relationships right uh being young in this game how how did you have the confidence and and, and and what did you do to kind of build these relationships with these different shippers to where they would trust you with, with their freight? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, yeah. what, what what were some of the keys? And, and, and how did you have the confidence to do that? Um, just
1: biggest thing with me, I believe, was just the communication, um, for sure. And, and, you know what I mean, just, just a lot of times and just, you know, just letting them know what it is that we cover, like I kind of touched on a little earlier, you know, because a lot of times... You, if you don't ask, you don't know what a broker has. And and oftentimes when you're moving a load, a broker gets that load. You know what I mean? This is most of the time, it's not the first time, you know, when you when you think of all this product that gets moved, you know, it's not the first time that it's getting moved. It gets moved whether it's on a regular basis, a weekly basis, you know, every single day, you know, and a lot of that was just talking to the talking to the customers, some of them being brokers, some of them being direct shippers, just letting them know, hey. This is what we service. You know right. what I mean? Cause I can't even think of anything that I got without opening my mouth and actually letting them know. You know, as we all know, sometimes opportunity isn't just gonna come to you. That's a fact. You know, you actually have to communicate and let them know, hey, this is what we do, this is what we service. And, you know, of course, just 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 doing good business for sure. You know, just keeping them updated on the loads, things like that. And um, I think that really, really, really played a played a played a good part to doing it as well as just you got to study that low board. Right. Because the low board is, you know, I use that that low board. Okay. You know, if you know how to work the low board and study it, you know, and you're able to, to you know, do what I do as far as a local operation, you really can can take off. You know what I mean? I mean, there's you're talking about some days where, you know, you just get so many local loads as well as other things. You can hit over 2,000 as far as numbers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If yeah. I have my one truck do a... Do seven, eight loads, drop a hook. That might take about eight hours, you know, if all the production is on, you know, is ahead of schedule. Everything's ready. Right. $1,600 off the truck, clear, free, and clear within a matter of eight, nine hours. As then as well as that, then maybe going on off to another customer, grabbing that maybe that little $400 load, doing two of them. You know, that's $1,800. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's uh <laughs> Fourteen and eight hundred. That's twenty-two hundred dollars. Twenty-two hundred $2, dollars in one day. No
0: doubt. Yeah. You, you you said earlier. Uh, t- talk to me about what type of freight do you say no to. You talked earlier about uh, mm-hmm. the the uh, the shippers. Yeah. What what are some other types of freight that you say no to?
1: Depend just depending on the commodity. Okay. Um, that's some type of freight. You know, depending on you know floor loaded, um, trash. A lot of brokers too. They'll they'll use certain terminologies that you gotta. You know, a lot of times just takes a little knowledge the, in the game yeah you know it's, <laughs> it's uh it's recycled product mm. you know it's uh it's bailed anytime a lot of times they use that word bailed that mm. means a lot of times you might be picking up some bailed trash it might not be clean things like that which you know last thing you want to deal with is haul a load and then now you can't get a reload because your trailer's funky or they left some residue or something in it where the, the next shipper doesn't feel comfortable loading you. Or right. you got to, a lot of times too, the, the scent is one. Mm. You know, you gotta think, you know, if you're hauling trash and then you're now, brokers will tell you all the time, we need a food grade trailer, you're going to pick up some food, that scent isn't right, they're not gonna load you. Right. You know what I mean? As well as that, here's another one too. Depending on where you're going, especially like in the winter time with snow, the facility, sometimes you don't know though. You know what I mean? Um, facility might be outside, the, the forklift driver's going in, it could be raining. It might not even be in the winter. It could be raining. Now the trailer's getting wet. Right. Now he goes to the next load. they thinking, oh man, you got a leak in your trailer or we can't load you. Because, you know, all this just depends on the commodity. We haul a lot of um, rows of paper. Okay. Which is the biggest thing with that is uh the trailer has to be in the A1 condition. No nails, no holes, you know, no water signs of water in there because it's floor loaded rows of paper. You know what I mean? So a lot of that, you got to understand and just know what it is that you haul so that certain commodities, certain loads you can stay away from, as well as that with the local operation, the delivery times. Sometimes you got to know, you know, of course, my driver's hours is, just, you know, if, the local operation, I have drivers where they start at a set time pretty much every every single day. So depending on that appointment time, if it's an appointment time on a load, I might need to Know whether or not if I can't take it if my driver is not going to have the enough time to get there on time due to the, the start time that he starts at every day.
0: Are you dispatching your, all your own loads? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So you don't have any I, help. I do have. I do have my help of my cousin. Okay. Yeah. He just. He just. Uh. Just came on board with me a couple of months ago. How much time so do, you, to,
0: do you spend on the on a load board on uh, a, na- a day now? Now yeah. I
1: don't. Pretty much. He does all of that. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. He definitely does all of that. But beforehand, um. It, it wasn't it wasn't quite much due to me having a lot of relationships built, because that's the thing, you know, in the beginning is is so nice to actually be able to move freight sometimes without even having to click on the low board. Repeat business coming to you. You know, um, I also have moved since we move and carrot brokers. They know we move a lot of the same freight. See, a lot of people don't realize, well, it's so much freight that never touches a low board. Hmm. You know what I mean? Mm. So much freight. And because there's already a dedicated care running it. it's no need to. Right. And the time where it does touch a low board, simply because something like the truck broke down, maybe the driver called out,
0: maybe the driver's
1: running late today, he's not going to be able to make the pickup, so the broker has to recover it. Right. A lot of my freight, you know, that we do never ever touches a low board because, you know, we cover it on a consistent
0: basis. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So you don't do any OTR anymore? No.
1: No OTR anymore. Um, I was doing that solely in the beginning. Once I figured out how the local operation worked and the, and the fortune of being able to do it, you know, in my area, it was just like, this is a this is a no-brainer. Gotcha. You know, the perfect way to balance, you know what I mean? And of course, nothing's have that wrong. that quality with, of life. Right. And of course, nothing's wrong, you know, of course, with, with going over the road. And at the end of the day, of course, you know, the over-the-road money is for sure a lot more. You know, I know especially right now, you got some over-the-road trucks doing Hitting that ten thousand dollar, seven, eight, ten thousand dollar number, but on average, you know, the nice thing about the local operation, this is a big one that I'll give you as well. When one thing about local, by the lows only paying four, five, six hundred dollars, when the market crashes, you know, when we was dealing with that whole uh, situation drivers was going down DC and they were striking and things like that the nice thing about the local operation by there not being a lot of money in the load it's only so much the load can go down you follow me mm. think of a a thousand dollar thousand trip thousand mile load paying four thousand dollars four dollars a mile that is a lot of room if the rate ever dropped that same four thousand dollar load could easily drop twenty five hundred dollars, you know, at one point in time, and only pay fifteen hundred. Right. You know what I mean. But when you factor in the local operation, running lows for four, five, six, seven hundred dollars, of wiggle room. It's you know, of course, rates would drop, yeah. but you're only talking about maybe, let's say, if I'm averaging twelve, thirteen hundred dollars, and due to the market, I might be down two, three hundred. I'm still over that thousand. Right. And then when you factor in, I'm still doing less miles, so my mile you know what i mean my rate per round ratio is still three four dollars still hitting that number it's still way over two dollars a mile no doubt you know what i mean
0: yeah what has been your formula for scaling your company when do you know it's time to purchase new equipment how, how do you look at that um just as far as
1: how my customer freight goes if i'm giving way more lows back on a consistent basis um i know that's when it's time to go ahead and look at purchasing another truck you know um the customers they you know there. but right now where i have it set up I, run, I have six trucks but i run four of them i have one as a spare pretty much the way it's set up right now is i'm pretty much booked like i don't like if there was a new customer right now that wanted to offer me some business i would absolutely have to purchase another truck because all of my consistent customers that i work with direct shippers and brokers keeps all of my trucks pretty much booked every once in a while i might sneak in an extra Extra load that we might not cover on a daily basis. Right. Because the beauty of the local operation is like what I was saying, a lot of loads that we do on a weekly basis, they move every single week. Okay. And I was just fortunately able enough to piece it together so that to make everything work. Okay, on Mondays I know I have a mail load I gotta cover. On Tuesdays, I know I have this I have to cover. Wednesdays I have this. We have a Richmond load that normally always comes through on Wednesdays. Thursdays. I know I have a Hazleton load as well as an Oaks PA. You know what I mean? It's, it's to the point now where it's just so much weekly repeat business. Right. You know, the right. biggest thing I know when it's time to purchase another truck is when I'm having to tell my customers, I can't do it. Mm. I don't got the capacity. So now I know, you know, if it's just a lot of times, sometimes it might happen one time. Right. You know, certain lanes, brokers, I had a broker offer me the other day, a Jersey lane. We don't run much of Jersey. Okay. Um. You know, but most of the time, you know, every now and then a the broker get a, uh, or a customer of mine will get an extra load. You know, I don't have a problem giving it back. But when you're talking about every single day having to gear freight back that I can't cover, right. that's when I know, okay, it's time to go ahead and purchase something else.
0: Got you. So you have these customers kind of running in unison right now. What mm-hmm. happens if one of those customers fall out? um as far as if they if they fall if they, fought, if, if they if don't have a low they don't have lows for you or something happens with that particular shipper are you are, are you always looking ahead like how can I replace this customer mm-hmm. if I needed to like mm-hmm. do you think about that yeah. because you oh, have yeah. a perfect you know right. everybody's harmonious now right. oh yeah so how do you think about that like moving forward looking ahead um
1: just as far as still studying that low board knowing that there's still so much other uh freight that that's still on that board you know most of the time you know it's not like what i do what i'm doing you know it's not a lot of other opportunity that is out there because there is a lot of other opportunities that i do turn away you know on a weekly basis just more so due to and eh, i don't really I'm not too fond of running that area running that lane right i choose to stay away from it but you know the nice thing about it is still you know just using that low board if something like that happens which every now and then i'll give you a perfect example of something like what you just said Let's say I'm used to running a Richmond lane on a certain day. Maybe this particular week, the load is gonna go out LTL. Right. They don't need a full truck load. Right. Or in that case, I call my cousin up, he hops on the board and he finds another load. Typically, we're always able to find other loads, which just lets you know the truck ratio. You know what I mean? It's way more loads still, even with my local operation, still way more loads on that board still because days where we have loads that cancel, we're still able to find stuff.
0: Got you. Why do you think uh, traditionally people choose to look OTR as opposed to look locally, like um, you did? Just, just in, I feel
1: like eh, for one, as far as money wise, you know, you know, when you're thinking about revenue, it's definitely more money, it can be more lucrative taking that over the road route. Um, a lot of drivers enjoy over the road, um, and a lot of a lot of times too, you know, like what I thought when you think of local, you kind of think, man, I gotta, I gotta have a contract. So right. I gotta have some kind of some kind of contract in order to keep my, my truck home every every single day. You know what I mean? Um but a lot of times, especially when it comes to the business owner aspect of it, it's way of course way more money over the road. You know what I mean? But for me is I just it's more so the peace of mind. The money is still great, you know what I mean? Obviously, you know, shout out to all the over-the-road drivers, over-the-road companies, because we're always going to need them when you factor in, you know, me just taking my little short-haul-mile trip. yeah, And then eventually it's still going on to that long-haul, you know what I mean? But at the same time, it's just, I just enjoy the peace of mind of knowing that, hey, my trucks don't go too far. So some of the headaches sometimes, you know, that an over-the-road operation might hit, truck going down, putting a drive in the shop, truck getting towed. Don't know much about the facility that the truck is going to. You know what I mean? Right. Don't know the relationship there. Don't know how well they work on trucks. A lot of that. A little bit of a headache I kind of avoid by keeping that local operation. Got
0: you. you. Got you. How how about as far as uh, recruiting drivers? Do you have any issues with recruiting at all? Not at all. Um, I've been very blessed
1: uh, with that. Um, Just due to when I first started, um, I had my buddy. Shout out to Paul. Um, He helped me build my company okay. Help me he helped me find drivers as well because when i first got started he would always he was you know we, we we talked about you know him us working together way before i even purchased a truck okay so he would always you know refer a lot of his drivers to me um a lot well a lot of his homies i would say okay a lot of his lot homies of that was in trucking yeah. he referred a lot of them to me as well so that had a big major major part you know and then from there of course other people coming on board and and it's, to this day I've never had to really put an ad out for it really never
0: so it's been all word of mouth
1: all word of mouth you know it's to the point where I get people hit me up almost sometimes literally on a weekly basis asking me is my company hiring gotcha you know um just due to you know the nice because like I said the nice thing about the DMV people know that there's a lot of local opportunity you know um and then one thing as far as pay you know the pay um, is, is very 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 competitive you know for, for what I what what the drivers are doing home every single day, right? When you factor in, you know, the drivers know, and then a lot of it has to do with me being a driver because I was never even paid, you know, what I paid my drivers as a company driver, mm. you know what I'm saying? And I was running way more miles Got 525 you. miles. I don't have that one truck that does that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Got you, you know what I'm saying? So a, a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, with pay, um, for sure, and just you know. Just a local operation. And one thing, you know, that I know that they take pride in and they see that, you know, as far as just giving out the information, they know a lot of times them working with me, they can kind of see things on a firsthand basis. One thing I also do too is even though my drivers are paid salary, I actually still send them to Raycon. I let them see what it pays. Mm. Well, that way, if they ever want to decide that, you know, and of course you got to be careful with that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because oftentimes, you know, somebody can easily underbid you. For sure. Yeah, you know, so that is something that, of course, you do have to be careful with, but for the most part, I actually send them the confirmation.
0: What made you, you know? give that level of transparency? What What made you even think about doing that?
1: Um, just as far as, you know, because I know, you know, they see me and they see that, you know, me being uh, the position I'm at and, I, and just to kind of let them see, because one thing about me, I don't, I'm not the type of person to want to hold anybody back, even though I might have a good opportunity going on, things like that, if they want to, branch off and do their own thing at least they can see oh how much is this truck actually making a week yeah you know what i'm saying so that if they want to even you know actually take that route and and go ahead but even though i do that i have never had an issue as far as like a driver trying to you know Use to you know look at the money and right. you know try to right. you know so I you know teaches on yeah teachers on right. you know I know a lot of people as far as business wouldn't 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 do that you know what I mean um but for me you know and a lot of it has to do with having a little bit of a personal relationship with the driver yeah you know obviously if you're hiring Joe off Craigslist or or Indeed or something like that you know you, you got to be a little cautious but um, a lot of it has to do with the personal relationship. Yeah. That I do have with the drivers.
0: No, I think that's dope. I mean, especially, like you said, being in your position, being mm-hmm. young. I mean, in our community, sometimes people tend to pocket watch. Yeah. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? They, they they see what you're doing. They may not know about other investments you have, other right. other ways that you're making money. And they may exactly. be like, man, this guy's building this lifestyle off my back. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So by providing that level of transparency, it's like, nah, bro, mm-hmm. I only make this. Right. You know, and I got to yeah. make
1: something. Exactly. <laughs> and, and the thing about it, too, is, you know, I still drive. You know what I mean? I'm not 100 percent out the seat because the biggest thing about it with running a local operation, I can say when you have a CDL, sometimes it's hard to be 100 percent out the seat. I'll give you a perfect example. The other day I wasn't driving that day and um, I was sitting at home. Finally, it just got back in after running the errand. I was wanted to say, you know, I'm a little tired. I'm going to take me a nap. My phone vibrates. I look at my phone. Customer just texts me. Hey, I got a load. you know, regular load we do two miles up the street at the shipper going 10 miles down the road. You know, this is an extra load that we don't normally cover it on this day. Right. Well, what do you do? You know, do I want to give my give my load away to someone else? Yeah. And I'm the, the main carrier. They always reach out to me. Do yeah. I want to risk another carrier coming in there? You know, right. when I know I'm capable, I'm sitting home, when I can actually, you know, fire my truck and go run this load. So a lot of times that's how I end up working is when I get overbooked sometimes. I uh, extra truck sitting and I'm just home dispatching paperwork whatever the case may be right I say you know what yeah I'll take it yeah. go ahead hop in the truck so that's one thing too I can say about the local operation sometimes it's a uh, 100% hard to be out the seat 100% got gotcha. you so you get overbooked with freight or and just like I said sometimes the driver gets hung up you know what I mean he might can't do something because he's getting a little hung up and need to start at a certain time the next day I might take one of those loads off of him because I'll do it
0: myself Gotcha. Yep. what would have been some of the biggest challenges becoming an entrepreneur, especially being a young entrepreneur? What what have been some of the things that have kept you up at night? Some of the struggles? Talk mm-hmm. to me a little bit about that.
1: Um just you know, not making enough revenue and and still having those expenses of the truck going down. You know, when I first got started, you know, doing the uh the least on site hauling containers, you know, um that was the biggest thing, the overhead that I had. Cause like I said, I don't. Nobody really goes out and purchase a brand spanking new truck to haul containers. Really, with you know, at least not at the position that I was in. When you look at number wise, because right. there are a lot of opportunities hauling containers that that make a lot of sense. Where you might want to get a brand new truck, you know, obviously your numbers are where they need to be. But for my numbers with the company that I was leased under, just wasn't a good uh, business decision. You know, to to purchase the uh, that brand new truck. Um, also remember, you know, during a lot of that time, just all of the overhead, because I had weekly truck notes. Companies like Accelerate and we talked about earlier. Yeah. That's a weekly truck note. Yeah. And it was, you know, it's good. You yeah. know, you don't have that one big lump sum like Lone Mountain. You got a monthly truck note, so you know it definitely can be good. But I know with the uh, that weekly, the weekly truck note, I had so many trucks payments that was coming out at that time. It was to the point where my truck notes was literally like almost like $10,000 a month. Mm. So just dealing with that overhead and not making the, the money that I needed to make at the time, you know what I'm saying? Least under those companies, that was one of my biggest. And then I did also take a little uh, little bit of an L by uh, paying the drivers 50% on certain loads Would it turned out to be actually more than 50% that I was giving them. Mm. that played a little part in it as well too what do
0: you, what do you mean you, you see you were paying them 50 percent but mm-hmm. what do you mean you're paying them more than 50 percent? because How's the, the, the way out?
1: the way i structured it as far as uh, a lot of times the um the pay it's so a lot of times i was breaking down the pay but i wasn't quite you doing were factoring
0: in, the, in all your expenses yeah
1: well no no i would uh factor in it was still 50 percent you know of the uh of the net but just as far as a lot of the uh the breakdown of it as far as a lot of the extra things that I was paying for. Uh, There were certain uh, uh, runs, you know, that I would give a set salary for, for that day. You know, there would be certain things like, for example, we'll get paid on a load, hauling containers going up and paid on the empty coming back. So for example, drivers, you know, back then in that time, you know, they could could make some days four or $500 that I would just give them a flat rate of when, truthfully be told, you know, the true breakdown on those numbers wasn't quite that high. So I dealt with a lot of that um, a little bit as well, you know, but of course still being a man of my word is still, you know, honored and uh, gave that to him at the end of the week. And then sometimes, you know, got to the point just to keep a driver. When I was hauling containers, I would give him like a set salary and that set salary didn't quite equal to 50%. Might've been a little over 55, closer to 60, Right. things like that, you know, but I knew that Okay, this is what you say you needed. I'm gonna do my best to to, to give you that. You know what I'm saying? Um so that that know that that definitely played a big did, part.
0: did you ever have any mentors, any any guidance, any help in, in, in the trucking game, man? It seems like you've been doing a lot of this and building on yeah, your own. Yeah, a lot
1: of it pretty much was building on my own. I had a few a few guys, you know, that um that, that did give me some some mentorship as well. Definitely had a few. Um it was funny, one particular guy, my buddy Devin, he uh he was one of the mentors. Um, That I met that meant as far as me when I was working at a mission's job and the truck drivers coming through. Yeah. He was one of them that came through, had a very nice car. I asked him what he do. He's in trucking. Fast forward, maybe about four years later, I ended up running into him at a truck stop. You know, no idea, you know, and realized like, man, you would have got it motivated me to get into this in terms of find out it's crazy how it worked. Now I ended up motivating him because even though we both were owner-operators, he Only had one truck. I, at the time, I still had four or okay. three, maybe about three. Okay, you know what I'm saying? So, I motivated him now to start a fleet, right? You know what I mean? Right. Now, he has almost just as much trucks as me, got you, got you know you. what I'm saying? So, that uh, he was definitely. Um,
0: one of the few people that that definitely gave me a little, a lot of mentorship. So, so someone who has an operation right now, that they're, they're OTR, they have some trucks over the road, and they and they're listening to this interview, and they wanted to transition to a local operation. What would you tell them would be the first couple of steps or the first things they should start doing? Um, start doing research on a low board for sure.
1: Okay. More than anything, um, look at that low board. You know, even if your trucks are still over the road, look at that low board to see if it's even possible for you to do so. You know, look at where your trucks are based out of, search, well, here's a good way of how I do it. Let's say if I'm based out of Baltimore, Maryland, I'll then take the origin, Baltimore, Maryland, leave the destination as blank. Search on the low board and then filter by looking for the shortest trip. That's one way to do it. But when you, when you type in Baltimore, Maryland, you wanna make sure that you put the range within a hundred miles so you can see all those within hundred miles leave the destination on anywhere search it's obviously going to pull up a whole lot of loads and then you filter it by the shortest trip that's one way to do it because you got to be careful when you're running local when it comes to the range because if i only keep it at 50 miles range within the origin
0: there could be a load that's picked up 51 miles i'll never see it 100 mm, never see it 100 what, what are some other factors that come into play when they're looking at that little boy
1: um Just as far as, as they're looking at it, man, just making sure that, you know, they they keep that distance to know whether or not, all right, so if they're looking at it and they see a load that might pick up from a certain, you know, amount of time, making sure that they can get a load coming back, because that's another thing that you got to look at. If you got a truck that's going 100 miles, let's you find a load that's paying pretty well, because oftentimes if you're going 150 miles out, the chances of that rate being a $1,000, enough money for you to go out and really come back empty,
2: yeah.
1: sometimes can be kind of slim to none. Right. At least getting on a regular basis. You know, if it's 3, 4 o'clock and you're looking on a load, but we all know, of course, sometimes rates go up. Right. You know what I'm saying? But who wants to take that risk? Right. You know what I'm saying? So um, you got to also look at as well, the loads coming back out of that area as well. And sometimes too, even if you're not able to do, home every day. I also know a lot of people as well, you know, company drivers, um, um, owner-operators speaking, you know, some just one one man owner operator, some with a fleet, where their drivers still get home majority of the time every day. Yeah. Because at first when I started my operation, that's what I would tell the drivers. You're home every day? Every once in a while, you might got to do a layover that I'll pay you for. But turns out I literally probably, after being in business, running local at least for the last three years I might have had one one driver two drivers do a layover got you You know um or under five you know what I'm saying so it's very extremely rare, rare you know for the driver to have to have to do that and a lot of that is just by us going to the same facilities we know how they operate you know sometimes you know I always say all the time it can be challenging when you go in blindsided you don't know you don't know nothing about the facility you don't know how long you're gonna be there Cause that was one of the things, you know, I dealt with when I was, you know, learning how to local operation work, you know, taking some L sometimes due to sometimes drivers going over their hours, having to pull, you know, that 16 hour short haul exemption, you know what I mean? Cause you're dealing with some of these shippers and receivers and you keep a list. Some of the bad ones, I know a lot of uh, in my area. It's to the point now where, because I've been doing it for so while, a lot of times I can look on a board and tell you, oh, that's water, that's paper. You know, this is trash because the brokers are moving these same loads. Right. And I can look at the city where it's picking up, where it's going to, and I can tell you, you know, exactly sometimes, you know, what that is. So as you continue to do it, you'll know the same thing. Okay. All these loads are coming out of Baltimore, Baltimore, all these different lanes. I know what shipper this is.
0: Got you. You know what I'm saying? Got you. Are there any differences uh, rate per mile local than rate per mile OTR?
1: Um, Yeah, for
0: sure. Because,
1: you know, you got to factor in.
0: Local stuff, you know, is always going to
1: have, you know, necessarily like a higher rate. And I'll give you a perfect example. There are some times where, you know, you could get a load, let's say, going um, 200 miles for $1,000. That's $5 a mile. Right. What's the chances of you getting, you know, of course it happens, but what's the chances of you getting, let's say, a 1,500-mile load for $5 a mile? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it, it definitely, you know, locally... You know, it's one of the benefits to it because running local brokers know that, you know, customers know that the rate per mile is always higher. But how you make it work, you know what I mean? Is just just like what we had talked about earlier, just grabbing that load, running it straight through, grab that backhaul, coming back, deliver it the next morning. Once you deliver it next morning, you want to have a load going out already booked that's going to run straight through again and bring a load back again. Every once in a while, some days you might not get that straight through load off but that's okay, If you, especially if you're averaging over a thousand plus. Mm. Let's say I'm over averaging over a thousand plus, and let's say on Wednesday, I get a load that delivers, I got held up at the delivery that morning for let's say four hours. So now I can't get a straight through load, or I gotta cancel my straight through load. I can only get a backhaul going back, or let's say that same load that I did have booked, I still grab it, but I don't run it straight through right? because they're closed. That's right. going to happen. Yeah, If you are running local, it's going to happen. You're not always going to do the formula, the local formula that I use of getting empty in the morning because you're always going to want to hold the load. Because the thing about it is that I've realized is, um, which makes it uh, a lot of people got to understand as far as a local operation, you're not going to get your loads off the same day. You're not going to, most of the time, you, you know, it's going to be hard to run two straight through loads right. the same day, you right. know what I mean? Dealing with these eight to three and eight to four shippers. But the thing is, you get the first load off, grab the backhaul, come back the next day, deliver another straight through load. So you're always, most of the time, going to want to end your revenue for the, of the previous you know, of the the day, the day. following morning. Right. Right. If I'm getting it at 7, 8 o'clock in the morning, I still got a whole day. And then you got a work. fresh,
0: and you have a fresh clock to start picking up the next one.
1: Right, And then you, you know, you get to the point sometimes, you know, you get fortunate enough, like how I've been, where you end up finding certain loads that literally go right up the street. And mm. the broker might have three or four of them. They're willing to pay you $300 to move three loads that are fairly quick. You know what I mean? Or $400, because you do want to be careful with that as well, as far as the mm. minimum that you're willing to take a load for running local because there are some loads out there. I know for sure that brokers might want to pay you 200 250 300 300 is a little too low in my opinion because you got to remember the time. You're going to spend getting live on a little. $300 for a driving hook? Not going no more than maybe 30, 30 miles? Right. Okay. Right. But a lot of brokers, they, they look at just a mile sometimes, but they also got to factor in it's the time you know it's yeah this load is only going 10 miles but it's the time it it could potentially you know you're gonna take losses sometimes with doing the local operations you know especially in the beginning you know um because it could take all day sometimes or half of your day you 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 pick a load up at eight o'clock in the morning for 300 dollars right delivery straight through you know let's say they take two hours to get you loaded you get there at 10 up 10 30 11 o'clock then they take another three, four hours to get you, three three hours to get you unloaded. That $300 load that I picked up at 7 a.m., I'm not getting done with it until one, two o'clock. Right.
0: It's right. a little too long. Yeah. You know what
1: I'm saying? So you want to be careful with the minimum you're willing to take your loads for locally. I keep my numbers around 400 mm. minimum $400. Gotcha. Try to keep for a live load, which is pretty much all we're doing, live loads, live unloads, minimum $400.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's, let's, let's talk about the future of Phillips Transport, man. Where, where, where are you going with the company? What's your, what, what do you see in the next couple of years? Um, I see me
1: transitioning into, you know, looking into, um, getting into a fair lease purchase opportunity. Okay. I feel like pretty much what I'm going to be doing with my drivers as well as the ones that's interested is starting up a operation where, you know, you drive for me for a certain amount of time. And then you eventually move on to the next phase, which is getting your own truck, you know, you know, for the ones that are needing help to the point where you can either get your own truck through me, get your own truck through yourself. Lease under my company for a little bit. Learn the game. You know, obviously, you know, safe to say, you know, you do have owner operators that don't see the rate cons. Right. The, my company drivers are seeing them. So, of course, there would be no issue these owner operators, you know, seeing, seeing the, seeing the rate count so you can see what the numbers are really paying. And, um, you know, just doing that with, with my, my company guys, because the beauty of that is, you know, sometimes, you know, when you hire some of these owner operators, you know, of course there's a lot of great ones out there, but you know, a lot of people got to understand when you are leased under a company, you know, you're still under that company's, you know, guidelines, even though you're a business owner, right. I'm a business owner, you know, you still got to understand that, Hey, this is you're running under my DOT, you know what I'm saying? So the communication has to be there. You're dealing with my customers. The communication has to be there. You know, a lot of people sometimes get in that mindset of just thinking, oh, because you're a business owner, you can necessarily do what you want. Right. You know, so the beauty of one of the reasons why I'm going to be doing a lease purchase opportunity only with my company drivers is because we've already have a relationship built. Mm. There's no really need for me to go out and seat outside. What, so how the transition works? I take one driver, he hops in his own truck, whether it's purchased from me or it's purchased from him, and then I then hire another driver, somebody that's been waiting and maybe do do some work with me, hire another driver, put them in my company truck. So it's just a transition, gotcha. You know, that uh, that keeps um you know running around as well as you know just growing the Interstate
0: Hustlers brand. I'm just I'll, getting I'll, I was happen. definitely going yeah. oh, yeah. to get to that. That That's actually a dope contest. So basically you're creating like an incubator mm-hmm. to where people would come in through you and then they mm-hmm. can eventually come out of that and have their own company. Right, right. To creating opportunities for others. Oh yeah. Um. Since you just now touched on it, Interstate Hustlers, we can't not talk about that. W- uh-huh. What is Interstate Hustlers? Tell me about that, how that whole concept came about. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Um. So I seen a buddy of mine, you know, years, 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 years ago, he, um, you know, um, would call himself, he had a tad on, has a tad and everything. My buddy, Devon, called himself Interstate Hustler. I said, man, that's that's dope. I like that name, Interstate Hustler. And this was back when I was driving for FedEx. You know, he was the Interstate Hustler. I said, that's a cool name. So what I did was I said, you know what? If I put an S on it, Interstate Hustlers, you know what I'm saying, and actually build, you know, Brothers together bring people together. Just under that name, back in the day, there was a Zello app, like the walkie-talkie app. We yeah. would all hop on there at night. I had it interstate hustlers. Guys would hop on there. We was all running at night, keep each other up at night, right? Talking on the walkie-talkie app, joking around, having a ball. You know, um, that was like seven years ago. Um, and you know, it, it pretty much just just started from there, just taking that name. You know, and just wanting to build, you know, just a, a platform with it amongst other drivers. You know what I mean? When people see that name, you know they know interstate hustler. They think of us truckers. You know that's that's the main reason. You know where I wanted to go was just thinking of man interstate hustlers. What is that? You know we're doing a little bit of clothing and things like that. So it's like when they see it, they man those are truck drivers. Interstate yeah. not what you typically thinking of. You know interstate hustler. You know what I mean? No, this we're truck drivers <laughs> for sure. For you know sure. what I'm saying? For oh sure. yeah. So I see that you know we're already doing the the two events every year, the interstate hustler cookout. Which would be the first annual one coming up this July, and then we also have the first annual Interstate Hustler Ball. Cause I seen people, you know, like a uh, Slim Thug, his is boss life. They have the Boss Life Ball. Right, right, right. I say, you know what, man, us truckers, we already don't get enough recognition That's anyway. A That's a fact. I say, you know what, man, if I could start something that eventually will grow to being something real big, where every everybody in trucking is thinking, "Man, you going to Interstate Hustlers Ball this year?" Right. You know, just a just a day a night to. Everybody come out like the first one we had. Everybody came out, you know what I mean, dressed up, looking good. You know, the cars looking good. Everybody had exotic, nice cars, you know what I'm saying, outside. Good time, you know, for you to come out, you and your date, you and your lady, and just have a ball, you know what I'm saying? We all get together, you know, perfect time, December, you know, getting through another year, you know what I'm saying, another successful year in trucking, and then everybody just come out and and have a good time. And then you have the cookout that's more so for family-oriented, Those should be the first annual one we're doing this year. You know, everybody come out, may have one or two trucks on site. You know what I'm saying? Take some pictures, do some family games, and just everybody have a good time, you know,
0: as far as uh, just, you know, as a family, man. No doubt. And you also have the clothing line as As well? As well. As well. So that's something I see bubbling. I oh, see a yeah. lot of people supporting the clothing line, Absolutely. which is really dope. And I mean, it's a lot of guys out there online, man. I see really repping this in the city hustlers brand. Yeah. you know? Absolutely. So it's dope, man. And I love the fact, you know, how you're bringing people together mm-hmm. and just really shedding light on the industry. Right. Because, like you said, you're, you're turning a word that may have been typically taken as, you know, one way, right. But you're making it something positive. And, like you said, truckers especially don't get the the love and and, and, yeah. and you know it's a very thankless oh, business. Yeah. I yeah. say it all the time. Right. You know what I mean. you only good as your last load, and, and a lot of times we're underappreciated. Right. You know, I'm not exactly. weak because I'm not a driver, but right. y'all are underappreciated. So it's dope for you to do something like that. Absolutely. Um. And that's and that's really dope, man. Um. I think we' about to wrap it up, man. I think this has been dope. Oh yeah. Um, We definitely before we go, we got to get your final thought, and then make sure you uh, let everybody know, you know, where they can reach out to you, connect with you directly. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's get with that final thought, You've been dropping jewels all episode. (laughs) Give the hustle fam one more thing for them to take with them, man. Um, just as far as man, my biggest
1: thing is just like I said, the biggest thing that I've did, you know, starting off, just educate yourself. The, the beauty of it now is, you know, there's so many people, you know what I mean, in the trucking industry that we all know of that you can reach out to take. You know, when people come to me for advice, I give advice. However, you know, if you're at that point where you're, you know, don't know, you know, I would say almost anything, you're just starting to get in truck. And I recommend taking a course from somebody, you know what I'm saying? So that you can properly educate yourself because it's crazy, you know, even, a, you know, let's just say a simple thousand or two thousand dollar course you know what I mean investing in that course you're talking to somebody firsthand that could tell you it will literally save you could save your company Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying it's so important to invest you know what I mean in that education you know what I mean before you actually hop out here and and, and start any business that's one of the the most important biggest things that I've learned and just not rushing it you know what I'm saying not rushing it I'm taking your time making sure you educate yourself you know what I mean? And, and and the last thing would just be never, ever be afraid of change. Don't get so complacent. You know what I'm saying? Never, ever be afraid of change because you never know later down the line, any business you start, what obstacles you're going to face. You know what I'm saying? Um, and just taking that risk, man. You know, taking that risk. Sometimes, you know, it can get hard, of course, just like anything else. I feel like almost every entrepreneur that's successful has at some point in time thought about quitting, thought about giving up, you know what I'm saying? But they say, you know what, man, we all, you know, we're human. We all go through, it. you know, nobody necessarily hits the ground running. You know, if you're getting something at least new for the first time, you know, at all of these uh, courses now that you can take for trucking and other avenues, right. you know, it, it kind of helps you so you can hit that ground running, you know, for sure. But, um, you know, just... Just seeing it through, man, you know, as we all know, you know, as a great Nipsey Hussle said, it's a a marathon.
0: (laughs) No doubt. You know what I'm saying? It's a marathon. So that's absolutely what I would say. No doubt, man. 28 years old, six years in business. You're already a vet in the game. It's amazing what you've done, brother. And I really want to salute you, man. You're you're a shining light and an example for people coming up. I mean, you literally got in the game at 20, 21, started Mm -hmm. your business at 22, Mm -hmm. and, you know, six years down the line, you're successful and you carved out a niche for yourself that was is not like most right you know what i mean i you know when we first connected i told you i'm like you're a unicorn man you you have a local operation like Mm -hmm. how are you able to build that and that's dope and i want people you know a, a big thing about this show is like you know, people to look at things from different perspectives and right. learn different ways. There's multiple ways to skin a cat. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So so yeah. thank you so much for bringing that and shedding light on, you know, creating these local operations and showing another opportunity for truck owners out there, man.
1: Absolutely. No for problem. sure.
0: So let everybody know where they can connect with you. Interstate hustlers, B Phillips. Let, let them know the socials.
1: Uh yeah. So it's Interstate Hustlers. You type in Interstate Hustlers on um Instagram will pop right up. No no underscores or anything like that. And then my Instagram is uh B Phillips with uh, three L's for the uh, B Phillips that'll bring up on uh, my page as well. And like I always say, you know, um, I don't, me personally, I don't sell any courses or anything like that. You know, I'm known, you'll see on my page, I have a lot of information on my page. I'm just known for giving free game. You know, that's my lane. That's what I like to stay in. You know, um, you know, I have the clothing and things like that for people that want to support me and things like that that we do. But um, you'll see just by going through my page, it's just a lot of information that you can you know, that's accessible. That's right there on the page
0: doing interviews with other people, as well as just dropping short little videos as well. No doubt. And I could definitely attest to that. You definitely give tons of free game. Oh, Rock. yeah. Appreciate you, brother. No problem. Thank you so much. This has been dope. Hustle fam, you know how we do it about this time. If you smell something burning, it's only your desire. And we are